are listening to the Batflip Podcast, a baseball podcast from Belly Up Sports and the Belly Up Podcast Network. Here are your hosts, Damian and Matt. Welcome back, everyone, to the Batflip Podcast. My name is Damian here with my co-host, Matt, coming to you on April 13th of 2021. Uh, had a busy week in baseball. We had some injuries. We had a no hitter happen this week. That should have been a perfect game. Um, you know, we're going to go over a full list of the standings so far of how teams are doing, give you kind of the, the normal rundowns of what we're going to do. But before we jump into all of that, how you doing, Matt? I'm doing all right. Um, uh, just, uh, hanging out and, uh, watching some baseball and working of course, but <laughs> that's about it. So everyday occurrences, isn't it, isn't it kind of good that we're having normal life back now? We have work, we got baseball. I mean, yeah. it seems like the world isn't as bad of a place as it was six months ago. Oh yeah, for sure. I'm, I'm glad that we got things closer to normal at least. So exactly. Well, let's, uh, let's go ahead and jump into these standings and just, uh, you know, kind of give a rundown of what's going on. Um, so starting the AL East top of the board right now, we have the Boston Red Sox, actually they're seven and three, um, over their last 10, but they're actually on a seven game win streak. Yeah. Very impressive. They really struggled in that opening series against the, uh, against the Orioles. They got beat, they got swept in three games. And then since then they've just been winning. Uh, they swept the Rays. They, um, just, I mean, they're just killing the, killing it right now. So, uh, you know, I, I I said it during the offseason, I didn't think Boston was going to be that great this year, but they still had pieces on offense that, that could make them, you know, dangerous because they got they still got Xander Bogarts. And they still got Devers, who's killing it right now. They got J.D. Martinez, who's killing it right now. They've got some really good players on that team in, in their lineup, uh, not to mention some of their younger guys like Verdugo and maybe even like a Bobby Dahlback or something. So. Um, they got some really good players. They just needed a little bit of pitching and the pitching's held up to a certain level so far enough to the point to where the, uh, you know, the, the Red Sox are, you know, in position right now to, you know, have a good, they've had a good start to the season. I mean, you look at their, uh, pitching war, uh, they're actually sixth in uh, baseball and pitching war right now as a, as a team. So, um, pretty impressive right there for a team that was expected to be horrible defensively. So, I mean, uh, pitching wise, so. Um, you know, we'll see what happens with them. Um, you know, I don't expect that to last. The Yankees are only two games behind them. And it's early, but, uh, it's a good start for them for sure. So. Absolutely. It is. And like you mentioned, the Yankees are, are just right behind them at only five and five, only two games back. Um, and, and I'd say probably an underwhelming start for the Yankees so far. Yeah. To a certain level. I mean, like I said, we're only 10 games in and it's, it's time that we can kind of look and see which teams are off to good and bad starts, but you know, it's still only 10 games. Every one of these teams this year is going to go through a similar stretch to what they've gone through so far. Like the Red Sox are going to have a seven and three stretch again at some point, you know, the, the Orioles who are, who are or the Blue Jays who are currently four and six. They're going to have four and six stretches at some point. It, it's just part of the game. Baseball has a lot of randomness in it. And, um, you know, it, it's just part of it. Cause teams will have streaks where they're unlucky a little bit, lose a couple run, one run games and pile them up. And then they'll have games, you know, streaks where they are just absolutely completely lucky and they're, or, or games where they're just, everything comes together and they're killing the baseball or pitching matchups line up perfectly for them to be in a, in the, in the best positions possible to win games. So uh, that's, that's what I'm looking for right now in, in the, you know, in, in with every team, but you know, the Red Sox, good start. Um, the Rays and the Yankees, like you said, tied for second. Uh, there's some good and bad for both the Rays. 
Um, definitely needed Tyler Glass now to become an ace, and he seems to have done that so far this year. Um, so big start, big time start for him. Um, you know, the Yankees, I, I think, you know, outside of their, I, I think that they just, they're just a little bit out of, out of, you know, out of it so far that they haven't, they haven't been great. Um, you know, maybe a little bit of it from luck, maybe a little bit from, you know, other things, but, um, you know, we'll see what happens. Um, uh, it's going to be an interesting, it's going to be an interesting look and, and, you know, competition matters too. So especially this early. Absolutely. And, you know, like we were talking about with the Yankees Razor there, you know, one of the things with the Yankees we said was how was their pitching going to hold up? And if you look at guys like Chad Green, who's pitched, I think almost eight innings, hasn't allowed a run. You look at John, got Jonathan Loisica, pitched six innings, hasn't given up a run. Um, Roldis Chapman's came back after his three game suspension, already pitched four innings, hasn't really given up anything. Um, so their pitching is actually holding up really well. You know, they need Giancarlo Stanton's off to a slow start so far. Um, so they kind of need him to bounce back to kind of help that offense. But uh, it's actually good to see the Yankees pitching is doing well and their hitting's kind of what's lacking behind because you know that hitting's going to come around eventually for them. Yeah, it'll come around. And I mean, right now you're looking at a team that, you know, they have one of the lower BABIPs in the league, 285. Um, you know, they're only hitting 232 as a team, but. I think that's going to turn around. You're not going to see the Yankees struggle that bad at the plate this year. Um, you know, 285 is just a really low number for their BABIP. So um, they'll they'll improve that. They've got too much talent. They're going to hit more home runs than they have so far as well. So um, that's this is a team that, that they're going to be fine. Yeah, and, uh, you know, down in uh, fourth, we have Baltimore. They're four and six, you know, start out through their 10 games. Really, I mean, not much to really talk about there. A guy like Cedric Mullins is, is kind of carrying them right now. He's been batting 459, 512 on base through the season so far. Um, we kind of knew that this team was going to struggle. Uh, you know, I think we both picked them to be – did we pick both pick them last? I think so. We think we might have both picked them last in the thing. So, you know, they're tied for, tied for last for fourth, however you want to look at it. But, you know, kind of what we expected from the Baltimore so far. Yeah, and I mean – you look at a team that they've had some, they've had some some good moments. Uh, Trey Mancini hit a couple home runs. That's so good to see after his recovery from uh from his uh, cancer, and um you know they have they've had a couple other things too that that have happened this year. They've had a couple good pitching outings. I think Bruce Zimmerman has has made a couple good pitching outings if I'm not mistaken. Um and he uh you know the stuff like that just finding a guy who you know kind of out of the blue maybe, but uh you look at their stats right now and. You know, they're pretty far down the list in both pitching and hitting uh, statistically. And uh, that's, you know, not what you're looking for. So, um, you know, we'll see what happens with uh, with them. And um, but, you know, I don't expect them to really do too much, you know, rest of the year. So. Right. And a team that we expected, you know, to be off to a better start than this, at least, and, and be up there contending while well, there still are only three games back. But that's Toronto. They're also four and six at the basement of this division right now. Um, you know, we've talked about them. They've already lost George Springer and Kirby Yates. Well, Kirby Yates for the season, George Springer's on the IL. They took another hit with Teoscar Hernandez testing positive for COVID. Um, so he's going to be out at least for 10 days. But they did recently activate Robbie Ray and Lourdes Gurriel Jr. this week. Yeah, and one thing about about Toronto is that it's very unfortunate for them the fact that they have to play, they can't, they're not allowed to play in their own ballpark, play at home, and they haven't been for a couple of years. But um, you look at them, and I mean, the pitching depth isn't isn't great in their rotation. 
Um, you know, you talk about them getting, um, you talk about them getting um, uh, Robbie Ray back th- this week. Um, there's been some encouraging things for Toronto. Marcus Simeon's off to a pretty good start. Uh, he had his fourth home run today. Uh, Vlad Jr.'s looked pretty good at the plate so far this year. Um, so, you know, th- th- there's some good things there. Um, it's, it's one of those situations where, like I say, I think they're going to be fine. Like, I think Toronto's going to be fine. Uh, the Red Sox aren't going to keep up being so, so good, and, and Toronto is not going to be this bad. I, I think they're going to be, um, you know, I think Toronto is going to be fine. So, yeah, with Toronto, I think the main thing for them is is some of their other pieces, um, you know, outside of the Bo Bichette and the Vlad Jr. have really struggled. If you I mean if you look at Kevin Biggio, he's yeah. a key part in that. He's batting one twenty five with the two sixty three on base. You look at Teoscar Hernandez, which we just talked about, but before he was only batting. 207 with the 207 on base. That means he hasn't walked once at all this year. Lourdes Gurriel, even in his, he's batting 172 and a 200 on base. You know, and their catchers aren't getting much of anything. I mean, Alejandro Kirk has a .071 on base right now. Yeah. And Dan, Danny Jansen has a .19. So this is it. it's a team that we know those pieces are better than that. So if they can just start performing a little bit better, I think they've been in a lot of competitive ball games. They just kind of lost it, you know, either late with not being able to hit or or just kind of a fluke thing here or there. So yeah, I expect and, them to, to turn it around pretty easily. And and a lot of small sample size stuff too. Yeah, uh, absolutely. Part of it too. I mean, uh, you 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 see a lot of like, I mean, coming into today, I think Freddie Freeman had an 083 Babbitt, which is just insanely low. Oh, uh, you know, luck wise, like. Uh, you know, you're you're gonna see you're gonna see flukes like like that or this early in the season. You got some guys that are running like 700 babbits, you know, seven out of ten balls they put in play, which includes all you know pop ups on the infield and gr- weak grounders and you know weak fly balls and stuff. All those are included in that. Seven out of ten are being hit. So that means pretty much every single one of their line drives and stuff is falling. And then even some of those weak hit balls are are dropping in. So. um you know that's 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 a big part of these early season statistics but there are some things you you can look at and say wow this guy's really made adjustments or you know this is good and and, and when you look at toronto you look at vlad jr i think definitely looking at a guy who maybe has made some adjustments seems to be seems to be driving the ball to all fields a little bit better and uh you know hitting it he's always hit it hard and uh but you know his plate discipline's kind of catching back up too as well so yeah we expect toronto to turn around pretty much yeah. Um, well, we'll jump over to the AL Central, which we said this division was going to be a dogfight, and the top three teams are within half of game. Actually, the top four teams are within half of a game of each other. Um, the Royals only playing eight games compared to most of the ten for the other ones. But Cleveland's leading the division at five and four, with Chicago and Minnesota five and five right behind them. Yeah, and you know you look at Cleveland, and you know they've got their superstar at third base in uh, in Jose Ramirez. Um, their pitching staff is always good. I mean, just they're just always good. They've got, you know, they're not the best offensive team, um, but you know they can be. At times, you know, Jose Ramirez can carry a team, and they're hitting they're hitting for power right now too. You know, 15 home runs are one of the higher up teams in the big leagues in that category, um, even though they've got a really low average. But um, you know, that's a team that can hit. You know that they're they're going to pitch pretty well for the most part. You know Shane Bieber leading that leading that staff, but you, you got other guys too like Savali, Plesac, uh, guys like that that are you know young, 
you know, good looking young pitchers and, um, you know, I, I like them. And, uh, I think, uh, Cleveland, you know, a lot of people kind of wrote them off coming into the season because of the, the trades they made and, and everything. But I think they'll hang around to a certain level. Um, they're just, I don't think they're quite deep enough to stay, stick around all year, but they, they'll hang around to a certain level. And, um, you know, so far they've done just that. So, yeah. And, and Chicago right there, you know, right behind him is one of the two teams that we thought would kind of run away with this division a little bit more. Um, you know, they've, they've, we talked about the injuries already losing a guy like Tim Anderson, losing a guy like, um, Eloy Jimenez. So for them to be right here so far, you know, like we were talking about everything is small sample size, but you know, getting the performances like your Mercedes, um, Luis Roberts done. Okay. Danny Mendig has had a fantastic, you know, start to the season for them, but they're pitching. I mean, Lance Lynn, he's looked really, really good this year. I think he just had a shutout the other day. Was it, I think, was it a complete game to be get? Uh, Lance Lynn. I don't know if it was a complete game, but I remember looking up his line and it being really, really good. So it looks like it was a complete game. Yeah, and Kopech has looked really well, good so far in his six and a third innings. He hasn't given up a run. Carlos Rodon, I don't. He kind of re-signed here. Everybody thought he kind of flamed out. He's had a really good start this year. Garrett Crochet, which we expected to be really, really good, anyways. I picked him for my rookie of the year. He's been fantastic so far this year. So it's kind of what we've expected from the White Sox as long as they're pitching, um, you know, and their offense is kind of hanging around missing two big key pieces from it. Yeah. I, I agree with you on, on a lot of that. Um, you know, I think if you, when you look at the White Sox, they're, they're good all over. They're a young team and they're aggressive. And I think sometimes it's going to, it's going to take them a little while, you know, especially some of their young guys to adjust. But I think this team's just going to get better. Like, like Luis Robert last year, you saw him take the world by storm for the first couple of weeks, but then he slowed down teams adjusted to him. He'll adjust back and his, he continues to gain experience. He'll just get better. And you're going to get guys back eventually like Tim Anderson. You're going to get him Eloy back at some point. Like this is a team that, you know, some of those problems that they talked about, like pitching wise, um, that, that that were potential issues like like depth in the rotation um you know carlos rodon has looked really good and, and he made real adjustments i mean I, I watched him in this game you know a couple weeks ago or, or last week and he looked he looked phenomenal um so i i like i liked what the white Sox have done so far obviously they've lost some close games um you know i remember that they, they lost a couple games to to Los Angeles that were, or to the angels, Los Angeles angels that were really, really good games, uh, close games late at late at the end. And, uh, they're, I mean, they're, you know, I think they're going to be fine. They're, they're, they're off to a fine start. Um, so we'll see what happens with them going forward. But, um, anyways. Yeah. The next up we have Minnesota. They're right there is, you know, right behind them. They've had fantastic starts from guys like Jose Barrios, Kenta Maeda, even Michael Pineda on their pitching staff has had a really good start to the season so far. A 164 ERA through 11 innings so far this season. Um, and some of their hitters have really started breaking out. I mean, this might finally be the breakout of Byron Buxton, um, who hint he might be one of our players of the week in another later segment, but he's been fantastic so far this year. Nelson Cruz is doing Nelson Cruz things, you know, and Dalton Simmons is off to a start that we probably don't expect and Dalton Simmons to keep up with, but it's good signs from the twins that some of these other hitters are, are actually starting to come around a little bit and they're not kind of having to rely on winning the, the, you know, one zero games that Barrios or Maeda has to pitch. Yeah. And, and that's true. Um, you know, 
we'll see. I, I'm, I've, I like what Buxton's done so far this year, obviously. How could you not like it? Um, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to wait and see what he does over a long stretch for the season. Um, you know, one thing that does worry me about the, about the uh, twins is that they're striking out an awful lot. Um, you know, like over almost 27%. They've got a really high batting average on balls in play. So maybe some of that offense is, you know, a little bit, you know, it's, it's going to, it's going to regress a little bit because uh, there's a lot of this they've got going on. It's unsustainable so far, but uh, you know, you got Buxton hitting real well. You've got Cruz is going to hit well all year. Uh, you know, you got some guy Kepler, um, you know, we talked about Jorge Polanco, maybe, maybe not having the greatest start. And I think he's better than he's he's been so far. So you're going to have some guys that are going to play better, some guys that, you know, might regress a little bit. I don't think Bust, Buxton's going to quite keep this up all year. I think he might he might have been – he might be really actually improved, but I don't think he's going to keep this up all year. So uh, it'll be interesting to see. I, I, I like what I've seen so far from the Twins. Um, you know, they've also been bit by injuries a little bit. They, they, they're they missing their star third baseman and Josh Donaldson. So – uh, you know, maybe when he gets back, that could that just add more depth to that lineup. So uh, very, very good looking team so far. And uh, I'm excited to see where they go. Absolutely. And that division, like I said, it's going to be a dogfight all year long. Um, you know, four teams within half a game so far. Yeah, but sure. uh, but Kansas City, they're sitting there in fourth, you know, four and four. Um, you know, don't really expect them to, to play 500 baseball. I think they're, you know, probably an 870 win team or so, 70, 75, maybe. I mean, if everything goes well, but it's a nice, you know, nice little start for them to be 500. Go ahead. Yeah. Kansas city has a sneaky, good offense. Um, They've, you know, guys like Jorge Soler, you know, had his breakout a couple years ago. He's, he's a solid, you know, outfielder uh, or really he's a solid bat. It's probably the better way to put it. Um, So you've, you've got some, you've got some really nice pieces in there. Um, You look at, um, you look at their pitching though, and they've got young pitchers, and a lot of times with young pitchers comes lots of wildness. And, uh, you know, so far they're up over five walks per nine innings, uh, which is, <laughs> to put it lightly, not good. <laughs> um, you know, it's by far worse than the majors or so far, I believe. And, um, yeah, 5.07 walks per nine. Uh, so this is a team that, that's, you know, given up a lot of base on balls. That leads to a lot of runs typically. Um, the pitching has to be, has to be better. Um, they got young guys like, you know, uh, Brady Singer. Um, what's that guy? The other guy, Bubik, I think is his name. He's one of their young starters. Uh, I don't um, think Bubik's pitching right now. The other maybe one they not. have is, is Kyle Zimmer. Kyle Zimmer. Brad Keller's another guy that, mm-hmm. you know, he's he struggled with command a little bit. Um, they've got, but they got really good stuff. Um, and their lineup, like I say, you know, you, you have you have Solaire, you've added, uh, you got Whit Merrifield still there. He's he's a really good player, off to a solid start this year. You look at some other guys on that team, uh, Ben Attendee uh, coming over from the Red Sox, um, Salvador Perez, Salvador too. Perez. You know, I think Mondesi's still out, but when he comes back, um, and you you got a, uh, you know, you can't forget about um, you know, Hunter Dozier over over at third. You know, just signed that extension. Um, Carlos Santana guy who you know is a really experienced uh solid major league player so um they've, they've got some solid pieces in that offense they're just going to be inconsistent on the mound to the point to where they're i don't think they're going to keep up really but um we'll see what happens so yeah and rounding out this one uh this division you know we have detroit down at the bottom four and six 
it's kind of what we expected from Detroit. You know, I think they have the player of the year probably so far in Akil Badu. Uh, you know, we talked about him a little bit last week. He's just been on a tear. I think he's hit, what, three more homers or two homers this week. Um, again, I think two in the last two days, actually. Yeah, he hit, he's hit, he hit one yesterday and he's hit one today. Yeah, so, you know, that that's a good sign for the uh, for the Tigers. You know, Miguel Cabrera did have to go on the IL. I think he had a bicep strain or something. You know, their pitching has been decent. Matthew Boyd's been pretty good. Casey Mize has been really, really good. Uh, Michael Fulmer out of the bullpen, he's looked really good so far. So they, they have some bright signs. You know, they also have Jose Urania and Daniel Norris on their roster. So that should tell you about what their pitching staff's kind of looking like because those guys are not good at all. Yeah. But, uh, but you know, we didn't expect much from Detroit, but we just wanted to look for signs of finding major league players or, or see their young guys develop some. And I think we've seen that so far this year. Yeah. And that, that's a, that's an excellent point. And Akil Badu being the, the guy that's t- kind of taken everyone by storm. Like you said, he, he is, you know, we talked about him in the last week of spring training and, you know, we were just looking at some spring training stats and I was like, man, this guy, I mean, he's not striking out as much as he had been. He hit for some power. He was walking a ton. He had to have been seeing the ball really well in spring training. And, you know, that doesn't always carry over. But every now, every now and then, it might be a guy who he didn't play anywhere last year. And it might be a guy who, you know, figured some things out during the pandemic, you know, you know, worked on some things. And, and you know, nobody really was, was able to see it and scout it. But a uh, Rule 5 player, you know, I think, he, you know, he might have a real future. Um, so, uh, um, you know, good, good for him. And, and, and obviously in, in this type of rebuild for, for the, uh, for the Tigers, you're looking for anybody who can, who can help like that. Um, you know, they've got a couple veteran starters. They're trying to make, you know, have, give, give turnarounds to, um, you know, you've got, uh, Tehran and, and Arena, both in that rotation that they were hoping might turn it around a little bit, be a, a good trade chip. Neither one of those guys have really done too much. In fact, Tehran just went on the 60-day DL, um, or IL, excuse me. Uh, you look at, um, you know, their young guys, uh, Scooball has, hasn't been great so far. Casey Mize has, has looked improved. He looked really good in his last out and got his first major league win, pitched seven shutout innings. So uh, shout out to him for that. Um but this is a team that their rotation is currently uh, last in the big leagues in ERA. They, they're allowing a 5.63 ERA so far, so uh, <laughs> that's been a struggle. But um, but you know they're they're gonna be. I think they're gonna be okay. As in, they're gonna find what they're looking for this season. They're gonna get some of those pieces that, for the future that they're hoping to, to get. They're gonna they're gonna get the chance to see some guys. And that's something that you that you look for with a, a team that's in big time rebuild mode like the Tigers. So, absolutely, um, you know, like we said, exactly what you were saying. Just the Tigers trying to find those pieces, and I think they're going to find a couple from this year. But uh, let's jump over to the AL West, which you know we have the LA Angels winning the division, and so far they're on top of that division with a seven and three record. Um, and it's not just Mike Trout doing stuff. It, it's actually more of a there's there's more people on this team that are actually doing really well so far this year. Jared Walsh is one. Shohei Otani, who's actually healthy, you know, from hitting, he's been doing really well. The pitching still to be determined because of that injury. He kind of the blister I think he get he got from the yeah the White Sox deal. Um, so they're gonna have him pitch a bullpen sometime this week. Hopefully a start next week. But uh, Anthony Rendon, who actually just went on the IL with the groin strain, we don't quite know the severity of that so far. Um, you know, but some of their pitching's done really well too. Andrew Heaney had a really bad start 
against the uh, White Sox his first start, but he came back with, I think, six or seven scoreless against uh, Toronto. Alex Cobb, he's been decent. You know, we didn't expect much from him, but he's pitched two games, three runs in each, but he struck out 17 people so far. Um, you know, whatever you can get from Shohei, he, he looked really good when he was on the mound for his couple innings, you know, struggling with command, which we kind of expect. But overall, it's a really good start for the Angels, which we kind of foresaw coming. Yeah, it is a good start for the Angels. Of course, having Anthony Rendon go down hurts big time, but um, the, the breakout so far of Jared Walsh has been big for them. They, they needed that extra bat to lengthen their lineup a little bit. Uh, Mike Trout has obviously been doing Mike Trout things so far this year, which is fantastic for them. Um, you know, Shohei Otani has just hit the snot out of the ball so far. Um, you know, putting up, I saw one yesterday. He had a 119 mile per hour exit velocity on one of his pit on one of his uh his hits yesterday. I think he I think it was a double, but yeah, it was a double. Uh, yeah, but that was you know that's that's insane. And then you look at uh you know like like I say, uh, Anthony Rendon's going to be good this year. He hasn't he didn't quite get it going, but going on the IL hurts there but you know he'll he'll get it back he'll 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 be back i don't think it was something you know as a groin injury i don't think it was something that's going to hold him out a long period of time so um you know no and not, not at all the way they were making it sound um they weren't sure an il stint was even going to be necessary yeah. um but i think they had a couple guys out you know like dexter fowler he also yeah. tore his acl so he's out for the year I think it was more of a procedural move because they needed bodies to put him on the il and just yeah. let him get you know, I think he'll be back after the minimum. I think they retroactivated it to a couple of days. As Probably. Well. Yeah. And, and I think when, when you look at this team as well, you've got some guys who are, uh, they, they don't have the best farm system, but you do have a few guys that are going to be up and coming a little bit as in you've got like um, Joe Adele, who we'll see how he does in this minor leagues this year. You know, if he turns it around a little bit, you know, figures things out and then Brandon Marsh I think those are a couple guys who might be able to help this year and uh you know I think they'll probably give them a little bit of time uh in the minors you know to kind of figure things out a little bit make some adjustments but um you know I think one of the, one of the two of those guys is going to end up really helping where you know where Dexter Fowler had gone down so uh but this is also a team you know and then you look at their, some of their players and their their batting averages on balls and play are really low too for, for some of their guys and um, you know, hopefully, I, I think the Angels, their pitching has held up so far. And, you know, I think their pitching is just going to get better because, you know, Shohei Otani getting to be fully healthy um, and, and getting a little bit of that rust off is going to help a ton for them. Uh, Dylan Bundy's been good. Andrew Haney's been good other than that one start. Like, Alex Cobb, I think, has actually not been that bad so far. So, um, you know, this is a team that they've got some pieces there. Um, they need, I think they need Quintana to get going. He hasn't looked good, but uh, their bullpen's been okay. Um, you know, they've got it. They were off to a great start. Yeah, they absolutely are. Um, right close behind them, though, it's, it's the Houston Astros still. They're at six and four, only a game back. Um, their offense has actually been really good to start the year. I think they're third in the league in war um, offensively. You know, guys like Yuri Gurriel, um, Carlos Correa, Michael Brantley, Jose Altuve is, is back to hitting. I mean, I think their weakest hitter right now is like Chaz McCormick, like Martin Maldonado, Jason Castro. You know, Jordan Alvarez, I think we expect him to kind of pick it up a little bit coming off those knee surgeries. Um, slow start going to be, obviously. But the main thing with the Astros is what we've talked about the entire time. It's their pitching. Their pitching needs to come around. Jose Arquiti hasn't looked that great. Um, 
Grinky's been kind of solid, kind of what we're expecting about a four ERA. Um, Lance McCullers has looked really good so far, only a 180 ERA in, in 10 innings, but it, their pitching just lacks depth. And I think that's ultimately what's going to come back to really hurt them. Absolutely. And this is a team that we knew that, that Houston, regardless of, you know, what, what you thought about their cheating and stuff a couple of years ago, we knew that they were still really, really talented at the plate and they were going to hit really well. Um, you, you look at Al, Altuve, regardless of the cheating stuff, he's a really good hitter. Uh, Alex Bregman is a really good hitter. Carlos Correa, a really good hitter. It, you know, you can you can call you can say that their cheat that their cheating scandal helped them win the World Series, and you're probably absolutely right. But at the same time, they also have these guys are also really talented, and they're going to be good players regardless of that. And you know, I think you look at a guy like um, you know Jose Altuve last year you know, there was a short season and there was a lot going on with these guys. And I, I, you know, you almost toss out last year. So, um, but they're back to putting the ball in play. And that's what the Astros have done for a while. Now they've got a lot of really good contact hitters that are able to put the ball in play and, but still hit for power. And that's what you see. Like, like Altuve, a 10% strikeout rate, Bregman, 14% strikeout rate, Michael Brantley's under 20% as always. Yuli Gurriel's at 9%. These guys put the ball in play. They, they don't strike out a ton. And, you know, with that, they end up with, you know, they end up moving moving it down the line and getting on base a lot. And uh, and also, of course, um, you know, they end up with, they end up hit for power too. It, they, they have at least. So um, these are, uh, this is a good, um, you know, this is a good Houston offense. Like, like you said, though, their, their pitching is just, I mean, Granky just doesn't inspire me anymore as a as a frontline starter. He, he's still pretty good. He's still decent. He, he's still a guy who is gonna put up some pretty good you know stats, but he he's not gonna be any better than like a you know at best probably like a three five ERA. Um, you look at uh, the rest of their staff. I mean, McCullers. We don't know how long he's gonna pitch. How long he's gonna stay healthy. And even when if he is healthy, you know, he might have some restrictions to to how much he's able to throw innings wise this year. Um, you know, he's he's an off-tendered guy. And then behind him, I mean, without Framber Valdez and Justin Verlander, those were two guys that I think, you know, really could have put this team over the top as a top contender again this year but those guys are gone. You know, Justin Verlander had his Tommy John last year. And then of course, you know, we had the unfortunate injury to, to Valdez. So Valdez is a guy that really impressed me last year. And, um, you know, Forrest Whitley being out, not able to see him come up and maybe have a breakout. There's just a lot of issues here with that pitching staff. Their bullpen's not especially that great. Um, they're going to have, they're going to have issues, but you know, their offense is going to keep them in it for, for a while. So, um, this is a team that I expect them to be somewhat pretty competitive, you know, this year, and especially in that division. So, yeah. And then speaking of the division, we have Seattle, which is right there with them at, you know, tied at six and four so far. Um, I think they've really been, they're hitting, I think is about 15th in the league, but they're pitching. I mean, their pitching is terrible. It's, I think it's 29th in the league right now. Um, guys like Marco Gonzalez, who we expect to be really good. He, you know, he's not a 10.45 ERA guy. Justice Seffield, we don't expect him to have a 7.20 ERA. Um, it was confirmed today that James Paxton is going to be out for the year, um, likely to get that Tommy John surgery we talked about, mentioned last week. You know, guys like Kikuchi, he's looked pretty solid so far based off what he had done You know, the previous two seasons. He hadn't looked all that great, but he's off to a solid start. Um, 
guys like Casey Sadler, Kendall Graveman, they're not fantastic pitchers, but they're guys who are, you know, are solid options, but really their offense is kind of what's carried them so far. Kyle Seegers looked really good. Ty France, the guy who was one of their big pickups from the Austin Nola trade so far this year, he's batting 324 with a 439 on base. Um, Taylor Trammell, even though he's not hitting quite a lot, he's getting on base. He's, he only has a 185 batting average, but a 353 on base so far this season. Yeah, and I think I think you're right on the on the Mariners. I'm disappointed in their pitching. Um, I'm disappointed that that Marco Gonzalez has has really struggled to start the year. Um, you know, they put a lot of eggs in the Kikuchi basket when he when he signed from from uh, Japan, and he hasn't lived up to expectations at all. Um, you know, he might be a tad bit better this year than he than he was last year and, and year before, but still, you know, you were hoping to get you know a, at least like a number three starter out of him when he came over. Uh, but uh, you know, the biggest thing for me with, to, to take away from this team is, of course, James Paxton being out for the year again. I mean, you know, I hate to say it, but you know, I I don't know how many chances he's going to get again to, to in the in the big leagues just because, you know. <sighs> He, he he he's been hurt so much it's like every single year he's been you know he'll look really good for a little while and then he'll all of a sudden be out for two months and it's been extended injuries too and you know the tommy john that's just really unfortunate i mean i, I feel like he probably should have gotten it last year because that was the injury last year was forearm strain and of course the yankees don't care about their pitchers and just tried to keep him around since he was on a one he was on the last year of his deal hoping he could come back in the postseason or something but i you know i think that it, it really stinks to see him go down um you know they need justice sheffield to do what he did last year to a, to a little bit more a better extent but seattle's also got a lot of prospects that they're holding down in triple a for service time manipulation so i think they're you're going to see them um you know, eventually some of those guys come up and, and do really well at the big league level. Um, I don't know if it'll be this year, but, um, you know, at some point they're going to, they're going to do well. So um, interesting, um, interesting team. Uh, you know, I hope to see, you know, Kyle Lewis continue what he did last year. Um, you know, there's some, there's some fun pieces on this team. Uh, it'll be interesting to see if they might try to trade a couple guys away, like, like Kyle Seeger maybe, but um, you know, it, it'll be interesting to see what happens. So. Absolutely, will be um, with Seattle. They're they're young, fun team. Uh, well, a team we kind of expected to take a step back. Oakland, they're five and seven. Just, I mean, we've we've kind of documented them. They're not great. Their hitting's twenty third. Their pitching's thirtieth. Uh, just not a great start for this Oakland team. You know, you do have bright spots like Ramon Laureano's looking good. Mark Canna's looking pretty decent. Jed Lowry is looking really good. And I think he even hit another homer today. Um, so those are those are some guys. Matt Chapman, Matt Olson, um, Stephen Piscotti. They're all guys who are kind of struggling. Sean Murphy, even, but their pitching just overall is just terrible. Yeah, that's the issue. And I think a lot of people kind of figured that coming into the season that their pitching was going to be their problem. And I mean, if you look at their their staff, I mean, there's just nobody on this staff that makes you feel you know good about this team. I mean, you you know. Frankie Montas, I mean, he's got a he's got an 8.31 ERA in eight and two thirds innings. You know, he was expected to be one of their better guys. Chris Bassett has a f- almost five ERA in in 16 innings, and you know he's only he's only averaging six strikeouts per nine, but his his walks are up to 4.4. 4. 
he's been really rough. Uh, you know, there's just not much there. I mean, Jesus Lazardo has looked pretty good so far, you know, as in his stuff looks good. He's kind of given up a high ERA, but his expected, you know, his peripheral numbers have been decent. Um, you know, I just, I don't know. I mean, this team just doesn't seem to be, they just don't seem to have the talent on the mound right now to, to really contend in this division. And even if their lineup had best case scenarios across the board, this pitching staff is just not good. I mean, they lost their big bullpen piece last year that really carried their bullpen. And I mean, they still got Jake Deepman, who's okay. And they still got, um, you know, Wendelkin and, and Lou Trevino, but I just don't, I mean, I, I just don't see it with this team. So, no, it's just, I mean, we've talked about it enough. They're, yeah. they're just terrible. Yeah, for sure. Um, Texas, bottom of the division, three and seven. Not much to talk about with Texas. Yeah, there's very little to talk about with them. I mean, yeah. um, they haven't done anything really that well. So, we sort of expected. So, yeah. Well, let's jump over to the NL East. Um, you know, Philadelphia is at six and four, leading this division so far. Um, you know, kind of pre- expected performances from JT Romuto, Bryce Harper, Reese Hoskins. I don't think he's walked yet this year. It doesn't look like. Yeah, which is surprising. Reese Hoskins it, it, has always been a guy who takes a lot of pitches, and, and that's one of the strengths of his game. So, yeah. It's surprising. Um, you know, their their pitching's been led by Wheeler and Nola, who have looked really, really good so far. Jose Alvarado's looked decent. Um, Archie Bradley, who was a big pickup for them in the offseason, I think he strained his oblique. So he's going to be out for quite a while, but it's a solid start for this for this Philadelphia team. You know, we we talked this was going to be a, an interesting division with Philadelphia, the Mets, and Atlanta, and another you know, one, two, three in this division so far. Yeah, Philadelphia has a, a had a good start. Um, they're um, you know they they swept that opening series, and that was really big for them. Since then, you know, it hadn't been quite as great. They they dropped a series on, on over the weekend to the Braves. They lost a couple games. Should have been a sweep over the weekend because. One of their calls in that game was, and you know, a lot of people who are listening to us have probably seen the video of it stuff. But um, one of the calls in that game was just absolutely absurd. It would have been the go-ahead run in the, um, or it was the go-ahead run for the Phillies. They called him safe when he never touched the plate, and then replay actually upheld the call. And there was an outcry across Major League Baseball from players to writers, everybody that was just fuming over that even though you know even if they didn't have a stake in it so um that was pretty crazy it was on sunday night baseball um and you know it's kind of in front of a national audience that this happened so um you know you look at um you look at this and i mean it is it's a division that you know the phillies absolutely are capable of 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 staying up there i mean they've got a good ace and nola zach wheeler's looks really good so far and you know if they can find some of that depth and pitching i mean i'm still a little worried about their bullpen but some of the pieces they put together uh alvarado's been nasty even though his control can go away sometimes sam coonrod is a guy that's really impressed me um he, he's looked really good at times he's got great stuff and um you know hector naris is typically a, a pretty solid reliever so you know, look up and down that team and, you know, there's not a ton of holes in their lineup. I think they need help in center field, but um, pretty solid team to me. So, yes, they're really solid. And, you know, so far the Mets have been really good as well. They're three and three. Um, I think they're, they're playing a doubleheader today. They won yeah. the first game and they're up three, nothing um, as we're talking right now. 
you know, Jacob DeGrom's doing Jacob DeGrom things. I think he's given up one run. So are the Mets, and Jacob DeGrom yeah. starts. <laughs> yeah, not not scoring him any runs. He pitched like eight innings of one run with like 14 strikeouts the other day and lost one nothing from Jazz Chisholm hitting solo homer. Yeah, I think I think it ended up. I think the Marlins tacked on a couple runs late, but no, still. It was one, it was one was nothing. It? I thought it was like yeah. three to nothing, but either way. Uh, Jacob oh. DeGrom was pretty close to perfect and, um, you know, part yeah. of it. But um, Stroman, he's looked pretty decent so far. He's yeah. actually pitching as we speak. Um, and I think as of right now, he has like a five and a third shutout. Um, Taiwan Walker's looked pretty decent so far. Trevor May hasn't looked great. Jerry's Familia hasn't looked great. Dylan Batances either. He just went on the aisle. Um, Edwin Diaz hasn't looked that great either. I think their offense is really what's been really kind of carrying them. Brandon Immel's looked fantastic, four twelve with a five sixty five. Um, Pete Alonso, you know, he's not hitting all that much, but he's getting on base at a three forty eight clip. JD Davis is looking really good. So overall, you know, it's kind of what we expect of the Mets. We expect them to hit a little bit. We expect them to kind of screw over Jacob Degrom, but. I mean, kind of a, a typical Mets kind of start to the season, if, if I'm for being honest. Yeah, I mean, it, they really haven't impressed me that much. And the main thing being that their bullpen has not been as good as they were expected to be. Because that was really where they needed to upgrade the most from last year is in the bullpen. And, you know, Della Batances, obviously, he, he hadn't been good. Trevor May came over, and, you know, I like Trevor May, but he hasn't had the best of starts. Um, you know, you look at some of their other guys that just haven't stepped up in that bullpen. Um, Edwin Diaz isn't quite, I mean, I, it's puzzling with Edwin Diaz because the stuff is so good, but he just hadn't quite been there. And, uh, you know, their pieces, I mean, they, they brought in Francisco Lindor, signed him to that gigantic extension. He hasn't been great so far. Um, James McCann's a contract that still kind of puzzles me <laughs> a little bit. Um, but you look at the, um, you know, you look at their lineup and they've had some guys be pretty successful. Um, the second worst call of the week happened in the Mets game that, um, you know, last, I think on Saturday, maybe, uh, where oh, yeah. uh, Michael Conforto leaned into a pitch with bases loaded in the ninth inning and it gave the Mets the win. And the ball was actually a strike across the plate as a strike, but he leaned so far out over the plate, it, it scraped his arm. And he, then they gave him first base. And even the umpire came back after the game and said, yeah, I was wrong. I went back and looked at it. So, um, you know, at least, at least he owns up to it. But I mean, that's, you know, the, the Mets are, you know, they should be two and four, honestly. So, um, tough, tough deal there, but, um, uh, but yeah, I mean, uh, you know, they've, they've got some good and some bad. I mean, I don't expect them to keep doing this to Jacob DeGrom. I mean, a, a law of averages says at some point, one of their good offensive days is going to come with DeGrom on the mound. So, um, you know, I think the biggest thing for the Mets is, are they going to get, you know, other pitchers back? Are they going to get like Cindergaard back and win? So, um, I think that's the. I think that's kind of what you have to focus on with this team to, to, to see how far they go. Yeah, which they're, they're we expect them to be in this fight. That bullpen has to improve, though. Like you said, they've been awful so far. Um, Atlanta's right there behind them, though. You know, New York's a game back of the Phillies. Atlanta's two games back of the Phillies. Um, About to be three. You know, a four and a six. Uh, four and six so yeah. far this season, but Acuna's look good. Like you said, Pablo Sandoval is probably the best switch hitting third baseman in Braves history. <laughs> I'm I'm kidding. Braves fans don't come at me. We know Chipper Jones exists. Um, Travis Darno's look pretty decent. I mean, you you know all about this team. I don't need to tell you what their stats are, but uh, 
you know, a guy like Will Smith is somebody who I really haven't expected to struggle as much as he has so far. Yeah. Um, and Max Freed either. Yeah, Max Freed is, has been a disappointment so far this year. He's really struggled. Um, he got lit up tonight by the Marlins, and he just has not looked like himself, not locating as well as he did last year. Um, there are some bright spots so far. Acuna looks like he has made more adjustments and is becoming, you know, the superstar, superstar. We are, he was already a superstar, but, I mean, he looks incredible and right now. Um, you know, it might just be a hot streak, but some of the adjustments he's made in his swing look like they might end up being semi-permanent type things. So uh, he's done a lot better job getting getting the balls in on the inside part of the zone that he struggled with in the past. Um, and you look at, um, you know, some of the other guys, I think I mentioned earlier, Freddie Freeman had like the lowest BABIP, like through 30 games that anybody's ever had. I mean, through 30 plate appearances that anybody's ever had. <laughs> like he had like a, he had put like 26 balls in play and one went for a hit or something. And his exit velocity is like, you know, really high up there, like top five percentile. Um, and, um, you know, Ozuna needed to get it going. He, he's actually done really well tonight, but uh, the team hasn't. Um, but I think for the Braves, you know, they played six one run games and they've won, I think, one of them, one out of six, maybe two out of maybe two out of seven. So uh, a lot of close games so far. Uh, it's all been against division opponents. So, um, you know, some bad luck. A lot of balls, you know, have been hit right down the line against them. Weak, weak hits. Um, they'll get it going. They had a. I looked up their Babbitt as a team was in the 240 range, which is just absolutely insanely low. Um, so this team will get better that they're going to be fine. Um, you know, I do worry a little bit about the big, biggest, the big, biggest question marks for me with this team are the third base situation doesn't look good right now. Center field situation does not look good right now when, unless they, you know, they need another outfielder as, as in, I mean, you could move Acuna to center field and then say, Oh, you got the best center fielder in baseball other than Mike Trout, but you also are looking at, you know, then you need a right fielder. So, um, you know, Pache has just been awful at the plate so far. Indier Enciarte is just not that good anymore. So they're going to have to find some some depth to that lineup because there's really two holes in that lineup plus the pitcher spot. So you almost have a full inning of, of play there, you know, three innings of, of baseball that you're just going to get no production out of right now for the Braves. So, um, you know, we'll see what they do. We'll see what adjustments they make. Um, but you know, so far the favorites in this division haven't been all that great. So, yeah, um, you know, like you said, they haven't been all that great. But it's still really early. They're only two games back. Um, so that top three, I expect them to separate and, and kind of all get better. But Miami, you know, they're three and six. I think they've kind of disappointed so far this season. Alcantara and um, Pablo Lopez have looked great. They don't have Sixto right now. He's been dealing with some some injuries and a little slow buildup. Some of the hitters look really good. Starling Marte's looked great. You know, Jazz Chisholm, whose batting average doesn't reflect it, but he's 367 on base. Garrett Cooper's looked really good. Jose Aguilar, or Jesus Aguilar. I don't know why I said Jose. Jesus Aguilar. But it it just comes down to the rest of their pitching just hasn't really met up to par for what this team really needs. Yeah, the Marlins don't have a good bullpen, and that's been a big problem for them. But the biggest thing is, I just don't think there's enough depth in that lineup. They've got some guys who who are real inconsistent, guys like Corey Dickerson and Adam Duvall, who at times Adam Duvall will go on a stretch where he hits like five or six home runs in a week, and then he'll just go completely ice cold for a month. 
uh, and then you'll have like, you know, just, I don't think they hit for quite enough power outside of those guys. And, um, you know, their starting rotation can only carry them so far, especially when they're inexperienced guys. I mean, Alcantara has looked really good so far this year, but he's, he's an inexperienced guy. Pablo Lopez has looked good until tonight. And, you know, he, he gave up, I think, six runs tonight, even though his team's winning by a lot. So um, he's not going to take a loss for tonight for sure. But uh, th- th- this is a team that I think, they're in rebuild mode still. They they got they got they got to find more pieces. They got to have some homegrown position players, some some good hitters come up, and then they can you know supplement them with like a Starling Barte acquisition type thing. But they've got those coming. You know, JJ Blade is not far away. They've got some other good pieces. Um, this is a team. You know, they're they're interesting. They're 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 the most they're the most interesting Marlins team that we've had since the days of Christian Yelich and Stanton both being in their outfield. So. Um, you know they're they're at least worth watching, and and they're, they're they could be fun to watch sometimes too. They they've got some really exciting players like Jazz Chisholm, or um uh, that you know they like to run. John Birdie likes to run a lot. Starling Marte likes to run. Um, they they've got some interesting pieces, but um, this is a team that's still they're still a ways away from being real contenders. So yeah, um, bringing up the basement of that division's Washington. Um, they're two and five. We haven't really got a real look at what Washington can be. Uh, oh, excuse me. We, you know, they just got back a lot of their stars today. They're not stars, but a lot of their players today. Um, John Lester, Kyle Schwarber, um, some other ones too. But, you know, they, they Patrick Corbin returned against the Dodgers this weekend. Didn't look all that great. Um, it's just we, we don't really know what Washington is because we haven't got a look at what their team is, is fully. We don't expect them to be all that great. But, uh, you know, they're bringing up the, the bottom of that division right now. Yeah, the problem for Washington is that they're going to go as far as their rotation carries them. And the only one in their rotation that's actually looked pretty good is Strasburg. Serzer hasn't looked that good. Um, and Patrick Corbin looked horrible the other day. And he, and he really struggled last year at, at times. And then other than those two, I mean, like, they don't really have much in that rotation. I mean, John Lester hasn't been good in three or four years. He's an innings eater. That's a veteran guy, good veteran presence. He's fine as a number five, maybe, but you know, you're kind of expecting him to be a pretty decent pitcher for them. If, if they're going to do anything this year and he's not really there. And then you got like Eric Fide or somebody or somebody would be their number five, Joe Ross, maybe if he's healthy. I mean, they're really, really, really struggling. Um, on the mound so far to a certain level. And then their lineup is they're getting guys back and that's going to help them. But, you know, I don't know how much Josh Bell and Kyle Schwarber are going to flip the script. Those guys are more of role players than they are adding a, another star. And really the nationals only have two really good players in their lineup that are capable of, you know, putting up big time numbers and in, in, in Soto and Turner. So we'll see what happens with them. They've still got enough star power to where they could make a run, but you know, it's going to be interesting to see if they're able to do that much, but uh, they got some really good players. That's for sure. So we'll see. Yeah. Well, let's jump over to the NL central. Uh, we got the Cincinnati reds at seven and three leading this division. Um, kind of been led by Tyler Naquin and Nick Castellanos kind of really coming to breaking out. Um, at least for Tyler Naquin, Nick Castellanos just doing, you know, what he did that second half of 2019 with the, uh, with the Cubs. Pitching's looked pretty solid. Wade Miley's looked really fantastic. 11 innings, hasn't given up anything. TJ Antone out, off, out of the bullpen, six and two-thirds, a scoreless baseball as well. Carson Fulmer's actually looked pretty decent over here. 
you know, guys like Luis Castillo, we expected to be a lot better than what he's done so far. They still haven't got Sonny Gray back. Um, but it, it's surprising that the Reds are up here leading this division so far. Yeah, it, to a certain level, it's surprising. I mean, it's not, you know, coming into the season, you didn't think it was completely out of the question that that could happen. But um, they've got good pieces. And I, I would, I, I will say this, I would, I definitely would not have expected it without Sonny Gray. But, uh, you know, Luis Castillo is a solid pitcher. Wade Miley, like you said, has done well so far. Um, you know, the Reds seem to be a team that has been able to do some good things with pitchers the last several years. That they, they you know, really turned around Sonny Gray after he went to New York and struggled. And he went into Cincinnati and, and really found his stride again. Uh, Trevor Bauer seemed to, to improve after he got to Cincinnati from a team that was so good at developing pitchers. And, um in Cleveland. So, you know, Wade Miley might be another addition to that. You know, he's a guy, Luis Castillo's developed really well in, in Cincinnati too. He, he was a guy that came up as a, as a high rated prospect, but he's really developed. So they, they seem to be a, a, a team that has a good pitching program. Um, you know, I don't expect Tyler Naquin to do what he's done all year and, and Castellanos, you know, I think he's going to be good. I don't expect him to be just go insane. In fact, he's already cooled off some. So, you know, they're going to have some guys do a little bit better. Suarez hadn't been all that great so far. He, he'll be better than he has been. Um, you know, I, I still worry about this team's ability to, to uh, in the bullpen, and, and I worry about the depth of their lineup. But, hey, you know, good start for them. And in this division, anything can happen. So, Absolutely. You got Milwaukee right behind them at 6-4. and four. Um, So far, Milwaukee has really been led by their hitting and, and Corbin Burns and Brandon Woodruff. Um, Omar Narvaez is... is Putting up a 440 average, five, uh, sorry, 517 on base percentage. Christian Yelich, 333 average, 459 on base. It looks like he's kind of back to that 2018 Christian Yelich form. Billy McKinney's not going to keep up a 667 <laughs> batting average, but if they found something in him, then who knows? Um, but really, the the story is, is Yelich being back and then Corbin Burns and Brandon Woodruff just being really really good and and freddie peralta even he's been really surprising he's a guy who kept getting demoted to the bullpen and i think they brought him back as a starter and so far through 13 innings he's has a 0.69 era yeah um definitely some encouraging things there uh also some things to be worried about uh, you know obviously those top two pitchers have been fantastic um you know you look at how good Corbin Burns has been so far. The guy's pitched in 12 and a third innings. This is a guy that people kind of worried about his ability to not strike out. Um, to, to his ability um, to avoid walks, and he hasn't walked anybody in 12 innings so far. Um, he's been had a phenomenal start to the season. And you also look at, um, you know, Brandon Woodruff is, you know, he's been he was he's been really good for a few years. So, um, but this this team that they need. Um, the offense has not been good so far and they're they've also been quite lucky at times like Christian Yelich it's easy to say he's back because he his average is high his own base is high but he has a 556 batting average on balls in play he hasn't hit for any power and he's also uh, striking out over 30% of the time and that's not Christian Yelich like that's not what he was doing 2018 Christian Yelich was striking out like 19 20 percent he's that's over 12 percent higher than he was doing then so there's still some concerns there even though obviously you know good numbers start the season hopefully that gives him a little bit of a 
that gives him a little bit of confidence going forward. I think that's entirely possible. You know, I, I, I want Christian Yelich to do well because it's you know he's a he could be a great player. But um, there are some things to be worried about there. You look at Billy McKinney, like you were talking about, you know, has a 667 average. You look at his, obviously he's only had nine plate appearances too, but six hits. He's got an 857 batting average on balls in play. So he's like eight, seven for eight or eight, uh, six for seven or something on balls in play. So these, these are numbers that are going to, that's going to stabilize. And, um, you know, some of their guys, they really need to do well or, struggling i mean keston hero is a guy that they really needed to step up and he has not done that well so far um you look at um you know uh some of their some of their bullpen arms even like like devin williams hasn't had a good start so um i like what narvaez has done like like you mentioned he's he's done well um you know he's obviously not going to hit 440 this year but it's definitely encouraging to see him pick it up some of what he did last year but um you know, this is a, this is somewhere a, a team that needs to, you know, I think they I think they got a lot to lot to work on, a lot to figure out. So, yeah, they do. They've had a fantastic start so far, though. Um, you know, St. Louis is right behind them at a five and five record. It's kind of what we expected from St. Louis. Um, you know, I think we both picked them to be third in our division predictions. Their pitching's just been what's really hampered them so far. I mean, I. I few bright spots is Alex Reyes has looked really good as I think they're kind of using him as a closer right now. Um, Jordan Hicks looked, has looked really good since he's come back as well, but the rest of that pitching staff, Jack Flaherty hasn't looked good. Andrew Mueller hasn't looked good. Ponce de Leon's looked terrible. Carlos Martinez looked terrible. I mean, Wayne, right. I mean, at no, none of this pitching staff really looks good outside of those yeah. kind of few names that we, we, we talked about. One bright spot for them in hitting is Nolan Arenado seems to be more back to what his Nolan Arenado is. Um, I think he has two homers as we're talking. Oh, three. He had another one today. Yeah. Um, but he has a 300 batting average, 349 on base. You know, I, I think that it kind of shows that that power, that shoulder injury that it was affecting Arenado last year was uh, was kind of hampering that power. Obviously, we don't expect him maybe to get back to that Coors Field production. You know, granted he's not hitting in Coors anymore, but he looks looks like old Nolan Arenado pretty much. Yeah. And, and, you know, we'll have to, <clears throat> we'll have to keep it a little bit brief on the last few is running out of time, but yeah, he, he's, um, you know, the, the, the Cardinals are exactly like, like you said, they're pitching. I didn't expect their pitching to be that good this year. I don't know where people were thinking this pitching was going to come from. It's the, I don't know if it's like they didn't watch Jack Flaherty last year. And, you know, I don't know if it's like they didn't, they thought Adam Wainwright was, 28 year old Adam Wainwright or something. Um, but you know, Christian Martinez, had, or I mean, sorry, Carlos Martinez has not been good in three or four years. And other, there are other guys just have bad, have always had bad peripherals. And, you know, this is a team that they really need to find something on the mound. So, or they're just going to struggle. So we'll see. Losing, losing Dakota Hudson was a big deal. For them that, it is. And Dakota Hudson had pitched pretty well last year. So that, that was a big deal, but still, yeah. I mean, yeah, you need Flaherty and, and the other yeah. guys to turn around somewhere. Yeah. But uh, the Cubs at four and six, you know, we're trying to keep that a little short. Basically, the story of the Cubs is that they don't hit worth a lick. They are pitch. <laughs> as I mean, they're pitching's tenth right now based on production wise um, in the league, but their hitting is dead last. They are yeah. they are thirtieth in the major leagues in hitting. Yeah, the Cubs are just all out of whack at the plate. I mean, they don't they don't do very many things well at the plate right now. Um, 
they, a lot of their guys are over aggressive and then they've got guys taking strikes right down the middle constantly. They're just out of whack. And I mean, the pitching has had their blow ups too. I mean, like, you know, Zach Davies has had a couple blow ups. Um, and, and this isn't a team that's played a real tough schedule so far. I mean, they played three games against the pirates or four games against the pirates already. So, um, I'm really, really worried about the Cubs going forward. Yeah. Um, Cubs, here we talk about that, but, uh, Pittsburgh's down at three and seven, bottom of the division. We didn't really expect much from them, uh, you know, with especially with Keith Ryan Hayes being out. Yeah. They really haven't had any bright spots on that. Yeah, it's unfortunate that we're not able to see Cabrian Hayes this year. Uh, I think Mitch Keller, though, did have a pretty good outing the other day. So they really need him to step it up and, and get going. Um, so we'll see. But Yeah, JT Brubaker has been really good for them as well. I should have mentioned him. Yeah. Um, but let's go ahead and jump over to the uh, to the NL West. Really, it's a two-horse race here. That's, that's probably where we're going to be spending the little bit amount of time we have left. But the Dodgers, they're 8-2 and two so far. Um you know, top five in hitting and pitching so far. Uh, Mookie Betts is kind of, he's been really good. He was out for a couple of days with the back injury. I mean, everybody on this team's really hitting. The only one that's not is Cody Bellinger. He has a 211 batting average with a 286 on base, but he did get put placed on the IL with the left calf contusion. He got cleated um, at first base the other day. Um, pitching's been really good so far. Clayton Kershaw had a fantastic week, um, which I'll kind of just talk about players of the week, throw him in. He's my pitcher of the week. Uh, 13 innings with nine hits, 14 strikeouts, no walks, one run. Uh, he's looked really good so far. Walker Buehler's looked pretty decent. Um, struggled a little bit with command, not walking too much, but still just struggling with overall command. Um, but overall, I mean, expect what we expected from the Dodgers, really. They've been really, really good overall. And big weekend series, though, coming up with the uh, with the Padres this week. So something to keep an eye on. Yeah, and you look at... Um... You know, I, I think the Dodgers are perfectly fine. I mean, um, you know, there's not really too much to worry about there. I mean, you kind of look at the same things as maybe last year, like Kenley Jansen, you know, has blown a save already where he didn't look that good. He got out of whack, like like we talked about before. So, you know, it might be one of those cases where you're going to have some nights where he looks dominant, some nights where he's just completely out of whack. And then you've got, um, you know, I think uh, – David Price looked really, really, really bad in his couple appearances, so uh, that's unfortunate, but um, not too much to talk about there. Padres, um, you know, you look at the team that they're, they're chugging along without without Tatis right now, which is very good for them. I mean, they still have really good players, so uh, House Young Kim has looked pretty good, um, And but the fact that they've been able to keep it up without Tatis is is pretty pretty big deal. So that, that's good for them. Yeah, Tatis um, is expected to actually return Friday against the Dodgers for that series. Um, looks like he's going to be back, which we kind of you know, talked about what we thought about that last week. Um, don't quite love that he's going to be back that early. I think it really opens him up to some injury risk. But nevertheless, it, it looks like he's going to be back this week. Um, Joe Musgrove, he, we have to mention him. He had a no-hitter this week. Um, 10 strikeouts. It would have been a perfect game had he not actually hit Joey Gallo with a pitch. He had no walks, no errors, no anything else excited outside of that. But uh, it was really, really just dominating. It was against the Rangers, so take it out what you will. We already talked about the Rangers not being that great at all. But, you know, a guy who's looked really good for the Padres so far is Will Myers. Um, 350 average, three or 435 on base percentage. Um, so if, if you got a guy like Will Myers being able to put up you know, production like that, 
obviously we don't expect him to keep a 350 average, but adding him to that lineup with a Fernando Tatis, with a Manny Machado, with Trent Grisham, you know, if Hassan Kim's looked good, that that's scary to add a guy like Will Myers, who was a, a highly touted prospect into that lineup, you know, and producing really, really well. Yeah, for sure. Uh, rest of this division, there's not really all that much to talk about. I mean, the, the Giants are six and four, but yeah. I mean, I, I don't. That's not sustainable to me. They have only a, a two run differential, which means they're winning a lot of close ball games. Um, Arizona's four and eight. Got Zach Gallon back from the IL today. He looked pretty decent. Cattell Marte though went out for them with a the right hamstring strain. Not much there in, in Colorado. They don't have really anything to talk about outside of whenever they decide to trade Trevor Story this year. Yeah. Uh, that, that's really the only storyline with them. But we'll quickly breeze over our players of the week. I already mentioned I have Clayton Kershaw for my pitcher. Uh, my batter is Byron Buxton, 526 average, 571 on base, three homers, five runs, six RBIs this week, and 21 plate appearances. Hit on him. Probably don't expect this this kind of success to sustain itself. That's a lot of S's right there. That was, yeah, that was, tough. I, yeah, that was really bad. I'm sorry for your ears for hearing all those S, S's, but um, it's going to be hard for him to keep this up. But if he can keep some of these, you know, the approach and the changes we've seen, maybe if he, the hits don't keep falling for him, this is really good to see from, uh, from Byron Buxton. He can have a, a potential MVP candidate if he can show, keep these improvements. Yeah, for sure. Byron Buxton, really talented player and you know the, the approach at the plate's been his issue the whole time but uh my player this week uh ronald acuna jr um you know he's just absolutely crushing the baseball right now um you look at his uh his his uh walk rate and strikeout rate he's he's walked in the past week 13 percent struck out three percent he's struck out i think one time so uh that's very, very, very big deal for Ronald Acuna Jr. Um, you know, it's the guy that has that's been his Achilles' heel has been the strikeout, and uh, a little bit similar to Bucks then. But Ronald Acuna has been working on a lot of things in the offseason, and he seems to have improved on that. Um, you know, four home runs this week. Um, he's hit 577, 613 on base, and 1.269 slugging. Um, he put up over a win, one win above replacement this week, which would be a good, which would be a career season for a lot of big league players. <laughs> and uh, I mean, what can you say about him? Four home runs, three stolen bases. He's showing off the power speed combo. Uh, the guy is just absolutely incredible. And the Braves probably would have like two wins right now without him too, because he he's carried that team so far this year. Who'd you got for your pitcher? My pitcher is going to be Joe Musgrove. Um, we briefly hinted on it but uh you know he threw a no hitter uh you know a, a fantastic fantastic game um you know he's actually pitched in uh two games uh which his other game he threw uh, uh this season he's pitched in two games his other game he threw six shutout innings but um you know this this game that this week 10 you know he had 10 strikeouts and obviously the complete game and they're shut out, no hits, no walks so far on the, on the entire season. And, um, you know, obviously that one hit by pitch kind of unfortunate, you know, he might've had a chance at a perfect game if not for that, but you know, it's part of the game. You can't hit anybody. So I'm um, just glad it didn't happen the way that Michael Conforto's hit by pitch happened. So, right. Or, uh, if you remember, you remember the one that Max Scherzer lost his perfect game on? I don't, uh, you gotta look it up. It was, um, it was, it was, it was a Pirates guy. No, it was the oh, Pirates. Pirates. It was Jose Osuna, maybe, or 
uh, it was some, I don't remember who it was, but no, he lost Tabata. it. Tabata, that's who it was. Jose, Jose Tabata. Tabata. He yeah. leaned, he just leaned way over the that. plate, got yeah, hit by yeah, the pitch yeah. with two strikes in the, in the ninth inning. And it was real similar to like a Fordo play, but it cost Scherzer a perfect game. But, I do remember that now. Yeah. So, uh, Joe Musgrove, unfortunately, this wasn't a controversial hit by pitch as far as I know. Um, but, um, he did get his no hitter, which is awesome. First no hitter in San Diego Padres history. I, I'm really, I was really surprised about that. So yeah, I think they uh, were the last. Them. I think they were the last team in the majors without a no hitter. So Poss- uh, possibly, that be something. Uh, I, I don't know I, if any of the expansion teams has, have the Rays. The Rays thrown a no hitter. I believe they've thrown a combined no hitter before. Combined no hitter. Okay. Um, but I, I believe I saw the stat that this was the 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 first no hitter, obviously in Padres history. But I think they were the the last team in the majors right now to not have a no hitter. So. That's that's pretty cool. So good for them. Uh, and good for Joe Musgrove. Absolutely. Well, sorry, this has been a little bit of a longer episode this week. Um, you know, for the first one, we kind of wanted to hit on, on all the teams as many as we can um, expect them to be a little bit shorter. Um, we just wanted to get a, a good base to start on here. So if you don't have anything else, um, for time's sake i don't think so <laughs> all righty well thank you guys for tuning into this episode of the bat flip podcast and we will catch you guys next week thanks everybody